Welcome back, everybody. It is another episode of Off the Pace. Uh, here with Nick, my best man, uh, yes, literally and figuratively. Um, I am George. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, we had a wild day, 2500. Uh, we got another exciting race this weekend at Auto Club in NASCAR. And then, of course, the IndyCar season preview, which Nick and I are really excited for. Uh, we both love IndyCar. Um, I, I would say IndyCar and, and dirt racing is probably our two favorites. But nonetheless, I feel uh, like I, I wish we would have more opportunity to talk about dirt racing, but it's so hard to keep up with like everything going on everywhere yeah. that it's a bit difficult. But it is. Nonetheless. Um, but yeah, so Wild Daytona 500, Austin Sindrick gets his first career cup win. Uh, I believe he only made five starts last year, I want to say. Uh, I, was thinking it was, I was thinking it was his eighth start total. Might have been, yeah. Um, I believe. Regardless, a huge win for him and the Penske team. Uh, they win the D2500 on Roger Penske's birthday. Uh, Bubba Wallace came in second. Chase Briscoe came in third. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. It was wild seeing him come to the finish. Ryan Blaney, uh, for I believe like the third or fourth year in a row now, um, just on the outside looking in at the finish. Uh, Eric Almarola, a huge fifth place for him. Uh, of course, his last full-time season. Uh, Truex Jr. Uh, won both uh, Stage 1 and Stage 2, but ended up finishing 13th after an accident. Um, yeah, just wild results there. Uh, Nick, why don't, why don't yeah, you tell and I us remember, the, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, you're good. You had texted me. I was thinking the same thing. Um, actually, we I hadn't even tweeted it out. It was a very boring Sunday at first. Like You, you texted me. It was a boring race. The golf tournament was boring. Um, there was an accident that had happened before you texted me, but like, other than that accident, there really, really wasn't mm -hmm. much going on. Um, and then the finish was wild. So I, I don't yeah. know if well, it was, it was weird. So like both this and I mean, the golf tournament got a really freaking closer at the end, uh, with more Kawa. If you want to hear more about that, go listen to the, uh, Bonker Boys podcast. But yeah, Nick, wh why don't we dive into the race here and, and let everybody know what happened? Yes, sir. So stage one ended with a wild ride, uh, taking out a few big contenders, including Harrison Burton. Alex Bowman, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and William Byron. Uh, Burton got airborne and was on his roof for a few seconds before flipping back over. Definitely, as someone who has personally been on his roof in a vehicle, um, I blacked out, so I couldn't tell you what actually happened. But <laughs> knowing it was knowing that it happened sounded terrifying. So if this man was aware that his car was upside down, especially when you're going like 200 miles an hour around a track, that has to be just bone chilling I, yeah i don't know like um, I, I love going fast but that's one thing that's if there's one thing that's kept me out of racing or like getting behind the wheel of a car with other drivers around me it's the idea of being upside down in the middle of that pack of cars <laughs> i'm upside down this is not good um not good. yeah no it was, that was a wild wreck to see and yeah huge names taken out right away of course denny hamlin a three-time champion at the daytona 500 um alex bowman Always has a fast car at Daytona. Just always seems to get caught up in wrecks. Um, after that, uh, we had a pretty, uh, pretty clean race for the most part. Uh, minus two separate cautions for wheels coming off. Um, and that all ended with about 50 to go. A uh, big wreck started the mayhem coming out of turn four. Uh, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, and Martin Truex Jr. were all involved in that wreck. Uh, just unfortunate timing. Um, all those guys were running really well, too. Uh, like we said, Truex Jr. won the first two stages. Uh, Logano was up there in the... I believe they, all these guys were in the top... I know they're in the top ten. I think a few of them were in the top five when that happened. Reddick just got loose and 
nobody else could avoid him after that. Uh, so yeah, it sucks to see those guys they end like that, but that's just the way speedway racing, super speedway racing goes. Oh yeah, and that's definitely why we love it. And it continued on towards the end of the race. Uh, with 11 to go, the Bush Light Mogul was taken out of the race when he got stacked up behind Chris Busher and Kyle Larson. Um, had nowhere to go, taking both out, as well as Chase Elliott, uh, Todd Gil- Gillett. Gilliland. Gil- okay, I, like I went to say that, and I just sometimes you never know. I thought we were over this after the hockey podcast. <laughs> I guess here we are. Uh, Noah Gragson and Eric Jones. Definitely. Um, again, this is what this is why we watch racing. Things yeah. get things get tight. Everybody starts, um, you know, pushing for that positioning. Uh, especially early on, especially in the big race, and unfortunately, you're gonna have things like this happen. But that's what makes racing so fun. Yeah, I mean, they they came out of turn four, uh, and Harvick and Larson both got run simultaneously, and Busher was just a sitting duck. And Harvick tried to line himself up, so when he hit him, he didn't like wreck either of them. Uh, but Larson just didn't understand what was happening in front of him, and takes two of them out. Um, I don't think Harvick had the car to win. Watching it, um, I mean, nonetheless, you. Still always want to finish the race, get good points, but um, there's nothing they could do there. Uh, then off that restart uh, with six to go, Brad Keselowski would cause his second big wreck of the day, uh, taking out Ricky Stenhouse, uh, spinning off his front bumper, and it would also take out Chris Buescher. Uh, the first wreck we mentioned earlier with uh, Harrison Burton flipping over was basically caused by Brad Keselowski just aggressively bump drafting. Um, this would be another incident. That would happen because of that. Uh, a lot of the drivers after the race were pretty critical of him and his, his bump drafting style. Um, but, yeah, it sucked to see. Ricky Stenhouse was having a really good day. He was leading off of that restart. Uh, kind of fell back a little bit, but, I mean, he was still right up in there. And, yeah, it sucks to see him and his day like that. But we weren't done yet. Yeah, uh, with it, you know, with a few laps to go, uh, with yeah, off the restart, you said six to go. Um, obviously, looking for a great finish, and it gave us exactly what we wanted. Uh, it was a great sprint to the finishes. Ryan Blaney came up just short again. Uh, Sindrick ended up beating Bubba to the line by half a car length. Uh, Briscoe muscled his way to third, scraping the wall the entire way. It was it was exactly what you would want out of a Daytona 500 finish, um, especially in a season that, that's kind of, uh, got a lot of hype surrounding it, especially if you're a racing fan. Um, you know, with the new setups and everything, they they changed it. They had the clash. Um, you know, looking to get NASCAR back, if not back to its former glory, at least back uh, close or you know competitively with its former glory. Um, and what a way to start out! <laughs> Honestly, it could. I again, you know, we had a little critique in the middle of the race, but as far as the race overall goes, I personally think we couldn't have asked for a better Daytona race to start the season out to get us excited for more racing. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty good race. I mean, anytime you have a super speedway race, the middle sections always tend to end up being a little boring. Um, but overall, it was great to see that, you know, except for uh, Keselowski. Other than that, guys weren't out there. They're just throwing wild blocks, dumping each other all the time. Um, for the most part, I mean, it was a pretty clean sprint to the finish. Aside from, you know, a couple guys just scraping the wall, just trying to get better position. Um, it looked for a second like uh, Bubba Wallace was almost going to turn uh, Austin Sindrick. But, nonetheless, it was a great finish there at the end. Um, 
I was pretty impressed because, like I said, the past few years, it always just seems like, especially at super speedways, people are just dumping each other left and right uh, with no really care. I think it was in everybody's head that, like, listen, we only have, like, two cars sitting at the shop right now. Like, I, I can't afford to ruin this uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but nonetheless, it was good to see, for the most part, nice, clean racing uh, and not a lot of stupid moves, as I like to say. Um, sure. Yeah, so great race. Um, I think uh, Jeff Gluck, uh, he's a NASCAR reporter. He tweeted, he does a poll after every race. Um, like, did you think it was a good race? Did you not? Sim- simple yes or no answer. Uh, I think this is the highest rated Daytona 500 <clears throat> he's ever polled. Uh, the only one that wasn't on that list was 2020, and he didn't do a poll that year. But um, nonetheless, uh, overall, I think the fans really accepted it really well. Uh, again, the, the subtle changes to the car, like the numbers moving forward, things like that, nobody really noticed as much anymore. And I think at this point, we're just past it. Like, it is what it is now. Uh, next up, we have the Wise Power 400 at Fontana. It's going to be a 200-lap race. Alex Bowman won the last race here in 2000, 2020 um, over Kyle Busch. After the race, the two-mile two mile super speedway will be torn down to create a half-mile high-banked oval. The rest of the land will be used to create uh, event spaces, fan spaces, things like that, just to create an overall better fan experience, with that, which I think is going to be really cool to see. Um, I do hate that the, the two-mile track is leaving. It's always one that I really enjoyed watching. Uh, for the most part, it's usually put on pretty good racing. IndyCar used to race there. I used to love watching those races. Um, so sad to see it go, but uh, short track racing is never a bad thing. Uh, this will also be the first race of the 670 horsepower and low downforce package, which I am really excited to see. This is a really old track surface. Uh, I, I can't even remember the last time they repaved it. Um, and it's been sitting there, basically not dormant, because they still do track days and all that stuff there. But you know, no NASCAR action, racing action has happened here for over two years now, uh, or coming up on two years. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this you know, worn-down racetrack. Um, a lot of the California guys are going to be pushing their hardest to get a win, you know, in, in their home state. Um, I think it's going to be a, a very exciting race and we get to see how these, you know, n- next gen cars race in, in packs that aren't designed like Daytona, Talladega, things like that. Um, so overall, I'm very excited, uh, to watch the race this weekend. Nick, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me your pick on who you think is going to win? Yeah, so I was very. We talked about it last week. I have no idea how to pick. I don't think anybody knows how to pick um, these NASCAR races. But nonetheless, uh, I was looking for a little inspiration, and I happened to find one um, in the bottom of my fridge in a nice bush light. So I'm gonna have to go with the man who I am extremely jealous of because he is sponsored by that beautiful bush light, and that is Kevin Harvick. Uh, yeah, not a bad pick. He usually does. Either really well or really bad at this track, um, but nonetheless, uh, I think he's going to do well this weekend. I'm going to pick Kyle Busch though. Kyle always just seems to just have <clears throat> have this track nailed down and run really well here. Um, like we said, he finished here, second here in 2020. Uh, I believe he got his 200th career win at this track um, a few years ago. Uh, he loves this track. He dominates in every Bush Series race he does there. Um, whenever the, I don't think the trucks run here. Um, but anytime he's in a car at this track, he just seems to, you know, be one step ahead of the competition. And I expect him to do the same this week. Uh, so that wraps up our day two and a 500 preview and the wise power 400 preview. 
Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. That is 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, I believe, on Fox. Uh, I don't think it's on Fox Sports 1. should just be on Fox. Uh, but we have another exciting race this Sunday, uh, and we're going to get ready here to tell you all about it. Nick, why don't you get us started with the IndyCar Season Preview for 2022. Yes, sir. I have been waiting for this. Um, we talked about it. Neither one of us really watched racing in general as much as we wanted to last year, but specifically IndyCar. Um, and we get a chance to make up for that. And hopefully we have a great season here. There's been some changes, um, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but the series gets rolling this weekend in St. Petersburg, Florida. It will be the first of 17 races, with 14 of them being broadcast on NBC. Um, Texas is on March 20th, Long Beach, April 10th. Barber, which is in Alabama, is May 1st. Uh, the Indy Road Course on May 14th. The 106th Indy 500 is on May 29th. Detroit, June 5th, is no longer a doubleheader. Uh, IndyCar will possibly be leaving Belle Isle for a downtown Detroit race. Road America is June 12th. Toronto is July 17th, which is their first race there since 2019. Iowa's doubleheader is July 23rd and 24th. The Indy Road Course uh, on July 30th with the NASCAR doubleheader. Nashville on August 7th, Gateway on August 20th, Portland September 4th, and last but not least, Laguna Seca in, on September 11th. What yeah. a season. Yeah, I'm I know. Excited. I, I really do wish they would do more than 17 races, um, but I do love just about every track they go to. Like you mentioned, um, Detroit, the, the Belle Isle Grand Park may be losing its race altogether here and maybe switching to a downtown Detroit race. Um, Never really hated Belle Isle. Um, it's really cool to have like the fountain there and all that other stuff. Um, it's an iconic track. Uh, just not always the best racing. Uh, a couple of memorable moments I have from that is when uh, Ryan Hunter Ray ran down Rossi that one year um, and ended up winning the race. That was really cool to see. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had Marco Andretti. Was that the... I'm trying to think. Was that the race that... Uh, Rossi was in front of him and yeah. ended up locking was, up his brakes in the one Yeah, turn. he was leading and then he ended yeah. up finishing, I think, like, eighth. Um, God. And, yeah, you and I were texting during that race. And then we had, uh, I believe it was three years ago now, uh, it was raining there, and Marco Andretti went out in slicks. And just, like, watching him wheel that thing around the track in slicks in the pouring down <laughs> rain was just ridiculous to see. I can't believe he didn't put him to the wall. Um, yeah, the only track I really genuinely don't like watching is probably the Indy Road Course. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. It, at this point, it's it's used so much for, to start the month of May, and then they use it. NASCAR runs that, so Indy comes out there, and then they run a doubleheader together. Um, so, I mean, at this point, it's here to stay. I'd really like to try and get to a race this year. Probably not going to get to the 500 again. Um, but we definitely will make it there sometime soon. Um, would love to try and get out to the Nashville race or maybe even Gateway. Uh, Barbara would be really cool because it's not too, too far away from me. I think it's like four hours from me. Um, just need to see if I can afford it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that goes over the schedule. Uh, we're going to go over all the driver changes now. Um, who's in a new place? Who are all the new rookies? Uh, and who is out uh, of the, the series altogether? Um, so... Uh, we're going to start with the people who are new places this year. Uh, we have Roman Grosjean uh, taking over the number 28 DHL Honda for Andretti Autosports. 
Uh, he's moving there from Dale Coyne Racing. Really hate that. I mean, I, I do understand it was, it was kind of time um, for them to move on from my boy, Ryan Hunter Ray. Uh, but it's never fun to see your favorite driver go. Uh, I think Rowan's going to do a great job. He did a great job last year in the Dale Coyne car. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, Simon Paginot has left Penske. Uh, he has moved over to the Meyer Shank Racing number 60. Uh, he will team up with Helio Castroneves, the Indy 500 winner from last year, uh, who is going to go full-time racing again this year in the number 6 Meyer Shank Racing car. Um, those two were teammates at Penske Racing before, so obviously they have a lot of chemistry already. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see and see how these two can run throughout the whole season. Uh, Takuma Sato has left Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing and goes to the Dale Coyne number 51 car. Uh, Jack Harvey was booted from the number 60 uh, Meyer Shank car, and he lands in the Rahal Letterman Lanigan number 45. Uh, I've always really enjoyed Jack Harvey. Um, loved him when he was at Meyer Shank. He had a couple of really good finishes there. I think really started to put that IndyCar team on the map. I think he got unfairly kicked out of that ride. So I'm really hoping he can, you know, put on a strong performance this year in the, the number 45 and, and show him why he deserved to stay in that ride or even get promoted to Andretti. Um, but Nick, why don't you tell us about some of the rookies? Yes. Uh, first up, we have a female in the class, uh, Tatiana. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be Calderon. And I'm going to say, can't type I'm going to say Calderon. Okay. No, I I typed it right. C L A? Are you sh- if that's the case then it's claw, not call. I, I just want to put that out there. But nonetheless, um you'll see her name on Sunday. Uh she will be racing in the AJ Foyt number eleven on street and road courses. Uh like I stated, she is a female. She is from Bogota, Colombia. She grew up idolizing Bogota. Bogota. Whatever. What did I say? Bogota? Bogota. Yeah, whatever. It look it'll work. You think these people wouldn't know about know where Columbia's at. Any- well, I, they know where Columbia's at, but where Bogota, Columbia's at anyway. Whatever. You get the idea. She's from Columbia, all right? Don't give me shit. She grew up idolizing Juan Pablo Montoya. Uh, she began racing open wheel at 12 years old. That sounds ridiculous. I'd like to see where people start racing open wheel, because open wheel at 12 years old. Oh, well, I guess that's really not too, that's not too bad. Never mind. I mean, what? I guess technically that can be Go-karting, because go-karting is open, open. That's what I was thinking, like, go-karting yeah. or, like, sprint cars or something. Like, yeah. So The article didn't it. say. It just said open wheel. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm putting that in. Either way, open wheels at 12-year-old sounds terrifying. Like, nonetheless. Uh, but she has experience in Japan's Super Formula, uh, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, F2, F3, and a test driver for Alfa Romeo in Formula 1. Yeah, I'm really excited to see her this year. Uh, I think she's going to do a lot of good things. AJ Foyt, uh, you know, has struggled, I mean, for years now. It's, uh, unless it's the Daytona 500, that team really struggles. Or, uh, God, the, the Indy 500, um, that team really struggles. So I'm really hoping that somebody with you know, her background experience uh, can do some good things in that car and get them pointing in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to watch her this year. Yeah, and I hope um, if you watched, I believe it was the first, or listened, I should say, to the our first episode, um, I talked about how Danica Patrick annoyed the shit out of me. So hopefully um, Tatiana does not do that to me. I, I would love to to support a female driver. Um, just don't piss me off. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, uh, we have Devlin DeFrancesco. He will be number 29 for Andretti from Toronto. He finished second in the 2020 Indy Pro 2000 series. That was a lot of 
twos and zeros in there. Almost yeah. I'm confused. And had nine top five finishes as the Indy Lights as an Indy Lights rookie last year. Um, and third, we have Callum Elot. I assume. I think it's uh, he yeah, would be it's close enough. Yeah, whatever. He would be in the number seventy-seven uh, Junco's Racing Uncos. from Cambridge. What? Uncos. Unco. Jesus Christ! Why they gotta make this so difficult? See, this is why NASCAR has got like it, it, we're not even getting into it. Nonetheless, um, <laughs> he's from Cambridge, England. Uh, he's a rising star in the Formula One ranks, who finished second in the twenty twenty Formula Two standings with three wins. Uh, he was never given a shot. After seeing Alonso attempt the 2017 Indy 500 and Roman, I just heard you pronounce his name. Grosjean. Grosjean. Uh, it's career resurgence in IndyCar. He decided to give it a try. And why not, honestly? Yeah. I mean, I've, That's I really felt bad for because <laughs> I remember, like, I've gotten into, I mean, you and I got into F1 about the same time, but, I, like, I really started to follow it. And he was a big name in F2, and a lot of fans were upset that, you know, he wasn't picked for a ride. Uh, they feel like he should have gotten rides over Nikita Mazurpin and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, especially there more than anywhere, it all comes down to money. Uh, more so than, like, IndyCar, you need to have money to go racing. But just with how expansive and ridiculously cost everything is in Formula 1, um, the worst driver can have the biggest paycheck behind him, and that's who they're going to sign. So I'm really excited for him to come over here and, and show a lot of these guys his talent and stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but Andretti um, is starting a Formula One team in 2024, or I guess they, I think they applied. I don't know if it's been accepted yet or any, or what that process is, um, but they've applied for a racing license in Formula One for next year, and I think, for, well, for, for, first and foremost, I think they're going to take um, Colton Hurd over there, and they're going to take him Formula One racing. Uh, I don't know if they're going to try and get like a more experienced driver or something like that to partner with him. But if not, I could really see either uh, Callum here or another name I would think would be <clears throat> maybe even Fernando Alonso or uh, Alexander Rossi, who did race in Formula One uh, for, I think it was like the last five races of a season. Uh, so somebody that does have experience racing Formula One. Um, something to keep your eye on, though, as, as the season progresses, um, you know, more news about that team and all that stuff and then what drivers they're going to sign. Uh, a couple more rookies here. We have six totals, so I'll go over the last three. Uh, we have Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, he's going to drive the number 14, A.J. Foyt. He is from Jupiter, Florida. Uh, he is a 2021 Indy Lights champion. He won 10 of 20 races last year, which is Jesus. ridiculous. Um, and he also won 27 of 31 starts in his America's F3 and F2000 uh, racing series in 2018. Uh, so the the man knows how to win. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Again, <laughs> AJ Foyt overall as, as an organization has struggled. Um, so maybe this is the guy they need. We'll see. Uh, Christian Lundegaard uh, will be driving the number 30 for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan. Uh, he is from Hedenstead, Denmark. Probably said that wrong, but fuck it. Uh, in the midst of a winless F2 season last year, uh, RLL offered him a test at Barber. Uh, the Alpine Academy driver who was uh, focused on the F1 route took the test just to try out a different car and see what it was like. Uh, he performed really well, and they offered him a tryout race at the Indy Road Course uh, in August. He qualified fourth, and then the day of the race, he got food poisoning and still ended up finishing 12th. Um, 
So, I mean, the, the kid knows how to drive again. Uh, this rookie class overall, I think, is going to be very exciting to see. I think it's going to be a really close race for rookie of the year. Um, and it's really cool to see all these different drivers from different backgrounds coming over um, and, and running IndyCar. I think it's going to do a lot for the portfolio of the sport in general. Uh, the last rookie we have here, Davis Malakis. Uh, he's going to be driving the number 18 for Dale Coyne. He is from Chicago, Illinois. <clears throat> Uh, he rose to the ranks in Europe and the Middle East until 2017 uh, when he returned to America to join the Road to Indy program. Uh, he joined his dad's motorsport team in 2018 uh, called HMD Motorsports, who is now partnered with Dale Coyne. Um, I think overall, I, like, I, I think a lot of people have looked at this rookie. that, the, uh, For lack of a better word, just don't, uh, I guess, like, are not plugged in as much to the sport. Um, and just see, oh, well, his, his dad bought him the seat, basically. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, I think he's going to go out there and prove a lot of those people wrong. Uh, I mean, to go over and race in Europe your, your whole life in the Middle East, like, that's, that's no joke. And especially when a lot of writers and uh, people who know that scene consider you a rising star, then you come over and you do all the America stuff. Uh, I think he's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, that is our rookie class for 2022. Again, I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching these guys race and in girls. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Nick, why don't you tell us, uh, some of the drivers that we are not going to be seeing, um, in different aspects this year. Yeah. So this is actually, uh, not that I'm over here crying about it, but I feel like this is a pretty emotional list. Um, there are some people in here that I respected a lot. Um, first up we have James Hinchcliffe. He was one of our uh, favorites that weren't our actual favorite drivers. Good guy, good racer. Um, he is out of the number 29 Andretti Auto, uh, and he will actually be joining the NBC broadcast booth. So at least we'll still get to see him. And actually, I feel like I might enjoy it more because though he was a good racer and was good to see on the track, I get to hear him talk and hear what he thinks about it now. Um, so definitely uh, kind of a bittersweet moment, I guess, for that. Um, and then on your side, as you stated before, Ryan hunter Ray is out of the number 28 Andretti Auto. Uh, he's still prototype racing for Mazda and hopeful for another IndyCar ride. Um, I, I kind of, we talked about it previously, uh, and I was kind of surprised that he didn't get a ride somewhere, even part-time. Um, but like you stated, uh, you know, he's kind of been regressing lately um, and maybe a little bit overshadowed. I, I feel like he wasn't necessarily doing bad. Um, he did end up, which I joked around with you about wrecking out of a decent amount of races, but you know that I feel like the majority of them weren't his fault, but yeah, nonetheless, I mean, yeah, overall, like, yes, he was regressing, but I mean, you look at the last few years and really Andretti Autosport as a whole was, was struggling. Uh, even their only good re- driver really was, uh, Colin Herta. Uh, Rossi was struggling. Uh, Hinch and Ryan Hunter Ray were struggling. Just, um, overall it was, it was tough to see, but, um, yeah, yeah, I I don't really put that on. Uh, I I put that on the the organization. As yeah. A whole, um, I know he was in talks with uh Ed Carpenter to go run over there, um, and then I think because of Connor Daly just getting his huge, uh, contract uh, or a sponsor contract, um, I don't think Ryan Hunter Ray could just match that. So that's why. Which I'm very happy for Connor Daly. I love watching him race. So I'm I'm glad that he has a full time ride and is not just going to be. Yeah, uh, the the road courses, street courses, stuff like that, and then you know have to find an extra ride for all the ovals. Um, 
it'll be nice to see him get, uh, I believe it's a multi-year contract, so it'll be nice to see him get to grow and develop and learn with a team that's going to be the same every week and not have to run a couple races here and then go back with the other team and all that stuff. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see, and I'm very excited for him. Uh, I do hope, you know, eventually Ryan Hunter can at least get a part-time ride. I don't think he'll ever be back full-time. Uh, yeah. It'd be nice to see him at the Indy 500 again. Uh, he always does really well there. Um, yeah. Sucks, but, I mean, it. at the same time, it's like you, you, know, you knew it was coming, so. Oh, yeah. Um, and the third one on this list, uh, again, this is somebody that I personally respected a lot as a racer, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he was very well respected uh, throughout the league and throughout the racing community as a whole. Tony Kanaan is only going to be running the Indy 500 this year, um, and a familiar name, Jimmy Johnson, will be taking over the number 48 full-time. Um, so from one respected old head to another, uh, the number 48, I'm sure, won't skip a beat. Yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I had a lot of fun last year watching Jimmy, uh, you know, basically give up what he knew in NASCAR and come over and give it a shot. And he, granted, he not was only not what he knew. Like, this would be like Tom Brady going to play basketball. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> so it was, it was really cool to see him take on a different style of racing and, yeah, he sucked at first. Like I believe, I think it was a barber race. He just spun out like three times on his own. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he progressed so much throughout the season, and you know, every week he was getting quicker and quicker and closer to the leaders on on the time charts. Um, so I'm really excited to see him continue to grow this year on that aspect, but also go to ovals, uh, where he knows, you know, from NASCAR basically is all ovals, and I think that that's where he's really going to shine this year. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ed Carpenter is only going to be racing the Indy 500 this year. Uh, as George stated, you know, they signed Connor Daly to a full-time position in the number 20. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had my words about Ed Carpenter, but we'll just, we'll move it along. Uh, last but not least in the out column, uh, Ed Jones is out at Dale Coyne racing. Um, yeah, see ya. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit yeah. about him. I was just, I don't, I don't have nothing to, whatever, buy. Um, he had a really, I believe his rookie year, he finished like third or fourth at the Indy 500. And that was like the highlight of his career. And that, yeah, so, I mean, I wish him the best of luck and whatever. I think he's doing, yeah. I think he's doing sports car racing now. So I wish him the best of luck in that. But yeah, I, I'm not going to miss watching him in IndyCar. Um, yeah. So that'll just about wrap up the season preview. But real quick before we're done. Uh, we're going to pick who we think, again, uh, probably not accurately at all. Uh, we're going to pick who we think is going to win the race this weekend and who we think is going to win the championship for the season. Uh, so, Nick, why don't you tell us who you think is going to win at St. Petersburg this weekend? Yes, sir. So, I have uh, Joseph Newgarden winning this one. Um, it, it took me a little bit to, to figure out who I wanted to choose here, but um, he's, had, he's had some success. Uh, in races past here, and um, hopefully he can translate that into uh, a win this weekend. Do you want me to go over my championship? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do my race first. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Colton Herta. Uh, he always does really well at this track. Um, I just over, he, I believe he won the race last year. If I, uh, I, yeah, I believe. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, I think this is going to be – Colton hurt his year. I mean, I'm going to talk about it here in a second, but yeah. I'm, so I'm going to pick him to, to defend his title at St. Pete, um, and that's who I'm picking. 
So who do you have in the championship? Yes, sir. So I had to be a homer a little bit here, um, but I, I have a valid reason for it. So I went with Alexander Rossi, my favorite driver. Um, he's been close. I believe it was two years ago. No, two years ago would have been 2020. So three years ago, maybe. 2019. Um, somewhere in that range, he had finished second. Uh, actually, I believe he finished second two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. He was really close the first year he finished second. Um, he was not as close, but closer the second year. Um, and like you said, you know, that Andretti team's been falling off recently. Um, but I, I think that, uh, he's, he's kind of at the point now where he's still a good driver. He still races successfully. Um, the only time he's not in the top 15 is usually because of an accident. Um, you know, he, he sends it in to holes that he probably shouldn't be sending it into sometimes. Uh, we've watched, I want to say it was at Texas. Uh, he went around the outside and somehow didn't uh, lose it. He's just, he's a great driver. I love watching him, but I, I think that this is his year where he's like, okay, I was close. I'm starting to regress. Um, I think he views this as, as kind of a put up or shut up year. And, and I think that, that it is a contract year for him. So. To yeah, even better. So he, but, uh, he's no, speak- got everything yeah, go gained at this point. So. No, 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 but yeah, no, no. you you said uh, you mentioned him at Texas. I remember, I think the I remember the year you're talking about. I think it was the next year after that when, I think it was Dixon, and, or no, maybe it was Carp. I think it was Dixon and Herda got together right in front of him, and somehow yes, he, he. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, he twitched after. it to the left and just went like a miss him by a hair, and I, I yeah. still to this day I watch that replay. I'm like, I don't know how the hell you you missed that wreck, but. I will never, if Alexander Rossi is in a race at Texas, I will never not watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He just he, he has just pulled off ridiculous shit there. Yeah. Um, my championship pick for the season, um, so I'm going to go with Colton Herta here. Um, I, like I said, I think this is going to be his year. He's going to, he's shown people time and again um, why people take him seriously when he talks about going to F1. Um, but he just has the consistency consistency issues i mean and overall so does andretti autosport uh they've really struggled the last couple years um so if if they can get that figured out and they can be a consistent team uh week in week out i definitely think colton hurt is a man to watch um if they can't i definitely think alex below can easily defend his title scott dixon can get yet another one um or any of the penske guys can be right up there it really comes down to if andretti autosport is, is ready to you know lock in the season and fix whatever those issues have been that they've had the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's really Andretti's year to lose. Um, Herda has been great. Like you said, Ro- Rossi has, you know, progressed a little bit, but been good. Like this is really Andretti's year. They have the talent there. Um, they have the cars. Their car, their call, cars are always running good. Um, you know, there's just little issues here and there and whatnot. Like I, I think in all, all honesty, these two racers that we just named should be the champion. One of these two should be the champions at the end of the year. That's just the way that it's it should be. But Andretti has had a way of fucking it up the last couple of years. So um, we'll see, I guess, a few months from now. Yeah, uh, really excited. This race will be noon Eastern uh, on NBC. Uh, if you have never watched an IndyCar Eastern, race before. Not to be confused with Eastern. I just want to make that clear. Totally different time zone. Okay. Um, <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> yeah, if you have never watched an IndyCar race before, you definitely need to go check this one out. Uh, St. Petersburg is a beautiful track. Um, it's half on an old airport, half on a street. Um, it's so much fun to watch them wheel around here. They they can get four to five wide coming down the front stretch, and then they try and slam on the brakes and make turn one. Uh, oh, yeah. Always makes for some uh, interesting wrecks. And um, then I, I believe it's turn six. That's like a hairpin turn. Uh, and I love the camera angle they set up where they have it just on the other side of the tire barrier and just seeing how close guys can get to that tire barrier. Uh, yeah, overall, beautiful track. Uh, always an exciting race. Um, so if you have never watched this sport before, uh, definitely go check it out. I think it's going to be a great overall season, but it's I even better race on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. Other than that, I believe that wraps up our show for tonight. Um, we will be back. Yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, we will get you guys uh, all caught up on everything that happened this weekend in both the IndyCar and NASCAR race. Uh, and we will get you ready for the next week. Believe IndyCar is off the following weekend. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll get you caught up on that. And then NASCAR goes to Vegas, I'm guessing, I think, something like that. They're out west still. They, they stay out west. They're, they're on their west coast swing now. So nonetheless, we will have you all prepared for that next week. Uh, we're excited to, to be back next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your sports. Uh, go check out our other podcast going on right now. Uh, Nick, anything? Uh, no, I believe I'm good. Continue showing love. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like us, then fuck you. Yeah. Fuck All right. We'll see you guys later.